0: Resurrection Sunday service. I'm going to get up on my soapbox for a second and downplay Easter and say that this is Resurrection Sunday. We have to be careful with all of the uh, bunny rabbits and eggs and stuff. It's fine. I mean, we can all trace it back to God. But uh, the important thing and the beautiful thing to remember today is this is Resurrection Sunday. And that's what we celebrate, right? The moment that we could all be saved. So let's sing about that. We're going to sing Happy Day this morning.
1: Greatest day in history Death is beaten, you have rescued me Sing it out, Jesus is alive The empty cross, the empty grave Life eternal, you have won the day Shout it out, Jesus is alive He's alive It's so Happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away. Oh happy day, happy day I'll never be the same. I'll get your hands up and when I stand in that place free at last meeting face to face. I'm yours, Jesus, you are mine. Endless joy and perfect peace Earthly pain Finally will see Celebrate Jesus is alive He's alive and Oh, happy day Happy day You washed my sin away Oh, happy day Happy day I'll never be the same It's oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious way that you have saved me. It's oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious name. It's Jesus and oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same Oh, happy day, happy day You wash my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same Cause forever I am changed
2: God's house already this morning. Amen? Amen. Uh, if you wasn't here for sunrise service, Ted told me there was 64. I don't know if that counted how many were inside, but the outside there was at least 64. That is, a, that is a lot of folks willing to get up and, and get through the fog and everything to get here just to hold up hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Yes. So as Chris just said, it's not about eggs and Easter bunnies. It's about that resurrection. We celebrate today the, the S-O-N rise. We did it at S-U-N Rise, and we're going to do it right now as well. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. Glad to see everybody today. Let me throw this out there as well, because I've had two people ask me what happened in the sanctuary. Yes, we did have a cat trapped in here the last couple of days. (laughs) We did the best we could. Sorry it smells like it does. Hopefully it'll be gone by by next weekend. So I do apologize for that, and we're going to take care of that this week one way or the other. Uh, So I do apologize, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Praise God! We have an air-conditioned building that we can come and praise God in. Amen. 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 So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just come before you this morning and ask you just to to pour out your blessings upon us as you already have this week, this morning, Lord God. Uh, through, through the readings, through the, the sermons, through the the food, the fellowship, everything, God, we just give you praise for what you've done. May you continue to pour out upon us as these folks behind me are leading us in song and word. Uh, God, just be with Danny in a little bit. God, just 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 everything that happens here, may your spirit indwell it, and may everything we do give you glory, for it's all about you and who you are. May your will be done this day, Lord, in Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. amen. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Remember, too, we have a lot of people traveling. A lot of folks that were here this morning, some went to Palmetto State Park, they got family things going on there today, some are all the way up in Kansas, we got people traveling all over the place. Just lift them all up in prayer, amen? Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, and tell them you're glad to see them in God's house on, on Easter, on Resurrection <laughs> Day. On Resurrection Day. That sure is a pretty dress, honey. Thanks,
0: you,
3: Stan. Oh.
0: Oh. oh, I guess I'm
2: on.
4: It's easier to be the crowd, to just fit in and not stand out at all. Make a case for apathy, and never risk a thing in case you fall. And this is life, and we all decide, the stand we take, and this is mine, that I am not ashamed, won't walk away, not trying to disguise Forever hide the reason that I choose to be a fool. For the one who saved my life, I won't apologize. It's hard to walk a narrow road and know that you might be the only one to go where no one else will go. Pressing on until the race is run. And this is life. We all decide The choice is ours And this is mine That I am not ashamed Won't walk away Not trying to disguise Or ever hide the reason That I choose to be a fool For the one who saved my life I won't apologize As for me, I am all in. as for me.
2: Okay, guys, as we get back to our seats, just a few announcements this morning. With with fewer people in here, it sounds like my voice is reverberating more back and forth. And I think the cat's been up here. How could one little cat do so much damage? (laughs) Anyway. Oh, well. No, not yet. And it's one little tiny gray one. It's that little gray wild one. They chased him out of here a while ago. They saw which one it was. He's got a wanted sign on his back now. (laughs) He has a wanted sign with the air on. The um, just a few announcements real quick. Uh, We have a VBS meeting coming up now. I understand it, but you may think, "Wow, we just got into this year." Vacation Bible School is coming, so I encourage you if you want to be a part of Vacation Bible School. Uh, whether you want to teach a class, help out in a class, we need to start thinking about that. So April 10th, and, you, and I know that's a few weeks out, but that way it gives you time to plan to stay after the service. So make those plans to stay and, and, and meet, and let's discuss our Vacation Bible School coming up this, this summer. Also, in big letters there, Churchwide work day, April 16th. Again, you may say, well, it's a little early to start promoting that this is a real work day. We'd like to get some things done rather than just a couple people show up. I'd like, if you could, start making your plans now. There's a couple of big projects, one of which is for the youth. We're going to be building a, a gaga pit. If you don't know what that is, you'll see after it's built, but it's a game. It's People with bad knees like me can't play it any longer, but it's still pretty fun for the youth. We're going to be building a gaga pit in the back and several other things that need to be done. So I would like to encourage everyone who can, ladies and men alike, there's, it's time for our spring cleaning, it's time to get things done, time to get everything back the way it's supposed to be, cleaning the fans, just all those little things that need to be done as well. So I want to encourage you to mark that on your calendar now, that's Saturday. Uh, folks will come, we'll have lunch here provided. Let, let's have a, a, a good work day, let's have a good turnout. I want to encourage you, if you've never been to one of our work days, it's not bad. We come, we work, we fellowship, we laugh, and we have a good time. We get things done in God's house for the Lord. Amen? So April 16th, mark that down. Also, the church camp out. I went and spied the and took pictures. If anybody wants to look at any of the pictures, the Palmetto State Park. If you haven't already made your, your reservations, I would encourage you to do so. We're going to have our, our, our sermon on the lake. It's what we've always called it every year. And that is going to be August 5th through the 7th, that weekend. Now, the sermon's only on Sunday. You can come up just for Sunday, Palmetto State Park's in Luling, just outside Seguin. You can come up just for the Sunday, or you can come up, make your reservations for the weekend. Some people make a reservation for the whole week, and as a church, we just camp out that week and take it easy. While we're there, Saturday night, we'll have a dinner, we'll have a get-together there at somebody's campsite, or maybe the, the refractory building and then Sunday we have services, and, and, and it's just a great time. So I want to encourage you, if you've not made your, uh, your, your, thank you, reservations yet, go ahead and go online and get that done. If you need help doing that, I, I, I can help you. But let's get our reservations if you want to stay there a day or two. And then also, too, let me say this. If you are not going, that doesn't mean you get to skip church. There will be people here doing the services at the church as well. So, we'll have a service here, and then we'll have our Sermon on the lake. Now, we've always done it at canyon lake and if you were if you missed why I said we were moving last year, we canceled the Sermon on the Lake because of the floods wiped out Potter's Creek. Well, this year, when I went to make our reservations at Potter's Creek again the the government hasn't appropriated the funds to redo the park, so the park is still shut down and rather than skip two years, we decided to find another park, and Palmetto being close. It's really nice, and it's it's quaint where we can camp together. I, we're just going to give that a shot and give that a try. They have a little four-acre lake, and then they have the river as well. So if you kayak and things of that nature, I know my daughter's chomping at the bit to go kayaking out there. It, it, we'll have a fun time. But that's why we're going to do Palmetto State Park this year. Uh, and again, that, that's the first weekend in August. And then last but not least, let me touch this one again. Unless, did you have one of the ladies going to speak? No? The... Several of the ladies have been to the ladies, this ladies' retreat prior and have talked about how great it is and, and, and how powerful it is. So ladies, like Sherry presented last week, if you are interested in going, please start putting, putting things back. I think it would behoove you to, to go. It's always nice to go and get that, that spiritual lift. And God can speak through so many more people than just those in your local church. God can speak through many people and use many examples and experiences. So I encourage you, ladies, to go and have a good time with that. I think you said seven dollars a week they can put back, about six or seven dollars a week. If you was to save six or seven dollars a week, you'll have the monies to go in plenty of time. So I encourage you to do that, ladies. Uh, and, and for details, get with Sherry and she can help you out with that. Is the sign up in the back, Sherry? And the sign up sheet's still in the back on the back table. You'll be staying at the Minger or the Crockett. So the hotel could fill up. So if you want to go, so make sure you let, let Sherry know so she can start making those reservations. Also, too, if you know some ladies that would like to go with, they don't have to be a member of the church here. They can go and, and let God speak to them as well. Just give it Sherry and let her know and sign, sign them up. All right. Well, Danny has got our scripture reading this morning. So Danny's going to come up and let me pray with Danny real quick. All right, brother. Father God, I lift up my brother to you right now and just ask in the name of Jesus that you will cleanse him from, from anything that, 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 that is hampering or maybe stepping in the middle of or in the way of. And may he just feel your anointing to touch him. May he pour out your spirit through him, Father, through this word. Bless him for his willingness and his obedience and his desire to come and open the word this morning for our scripture reading. And may your will be done in
3: Jesus' name.
2: Amen. amen. Thank you, brother.
3: Isn't this a beautiful day? The Lord's provided us. I mean, what a what a beautiful resurrection day. Um, you know, this is real hard for me. Uh, long time ago, I had things happen in my life that Satan keeps bringing up, making it bringing it up. Uh, telling me I can't do this or that for the Lord, that I've done these things in the past and putting up roadblocks all the time. But the Lord's forgiven me. I've given it to the Lord. And and the reason Satan's able to keep bringing this up is because I haven't done, I haven't gone to the people my brothers and sisters, like he commands us to. Uh, I want to start with Hebrews chapter 3, verses 6 through 14. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household, and we are that household if we hold on to the courage and confidence of our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your heart as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, They will not enter my rest. Watch out, brothers so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. But encourage each other daily, while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have become companions of the Messiah, if we hold firmly until the end the reality that we had at the start. We're supposed to encourage each other daily. God never intended us to do it alone or just with him. It's supposed to be a fellowship between all of us, including the Lord. We're supposed to encourage each other daily. Uh, Every morning I go to work, And I read about a chapter, sometimes two. I get there extra early so I can start the coffee. That's the most important thing I do. And uh, that that keeps my job, keeps me employed. (laughs) And uh, I read a little bit of scripture every morning. I'm in Leviticus and I keep reading, you know, the Israelites rebel, you know. You see what God does for them, and they rebel time and time again. That's the 40 years they were in the desert. And you read that and think, how can y'all be so blind as to what God's doing for you? But then I look at my life, and I rebel. I see all the ways God has blessed me. He's blessed me with this church of So many people that are so supportive, uh, you don't hear churches like this where where whatever you've done, you're going to be forgiven. And given such a support group and don't take advantage of it, you know, uh, this church is very good about that. Uh, So we're supposed to encourage each other, and there's more things we're supposed to do, too. Uh, Let's open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. One of the tactics is hardening your heart. And he can't do that if you're in fellowship with one another. We, heard that in, we read that in Hebrews. You fellowship with one another, your heart won't be hardened. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world of powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist the evil day, and having prepared everything, take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, with righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it, you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert in in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. There are two... Pieces of this armor, I want to focus on the shield and the sword. Uh, Everyone's watched medieval movies where they're shooting arrows back and forth and people pull up their shield. Well, the guy's standing alone, an arrow sometimes hit the, the knee or his shoulder, but sometimes you see them bunched together and they make a dome of shields. And when all the people bunch together and make that dome, there is nowhere the arrow can penetrate. So we're supposed to, with our faith, work together. The sword. It's important to study the Bible on your own. Uh, That's like sharpening a sword. But no matter how sharp that sword is, If you don't know how to use it properly, uh, you're not going to win. That's what Bible study is. Bible study is getting together and practicing how to use your sword. We're supposed to pray for each other. That's key. Uh, Christianity, it's not just you and God, it's fellowship. It's it's important for us all to be brothers and sisters. We're we're the body of Christ. We're not one one piece. Lord, thank you so much for this day and thank you for for all the the family you've given us that we can we can know we can go to one another without, without being torn down, but being supported, being helped. Uh, this, this is a day of rebirth, Lord. Uh, give us rebirth, Lord, today. Guide us and direct us and help us remember that this is about you, Lord. In Christ's name, Amen.
0: Good job, Danny. Yep. Thank you. When, you know, one thing I'll say about Danny is he's really good about getting inside your comfort zone. I love him for that. Sometimes when I show up here on Sunday morning, I'm grumpy and I'm not feeling good and Danny comes up with a smile and says, how you doing? It gives me a big hug. Yep. Amen. Thank you for that, Danny. <laughs> Let's sing this morning. If You guys would like to Stand or sit, whatever comfortable position you have is your worship position. We're going to sing a few songs this morning.
1: God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love heal and forgive He lived and died to buy my pardon an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because He lives I can face tomorrow be Because He lives All fear is gone Because I know, I know He holds the future And life is worth living Just because He lives And how sweet to hold a newborn baby And feel the pride And joy he gives. But greater still The calm assurance this child can face uncertain days Because he lives Because he lives I can face tomorrow Because he lives All fear is gone Because I know He holds the future And life is worth living just because He lives And then one day I'll cross the river I'll fight life's final war with pain And then as death gives way to victory I'll see the light of glory and I'll know He lives Because He lives living just because he lives and life is worth the living just because he lives
0: this is one we don't do very often so if you don't know the song then look at the words
4: Soak them in and soak them in. in. (laughs) Understand
3: the meaning.
0: (laughs) That was nice, wasn't it? Too bad it was in the wrong key.
4: We'll all be singing. (laughs) That's better
1: son of god you are the perfect one you came to give your life away my sin you have erased with your Precious blood, you showed your unfailing love And I will never be the same Forever I am changed Jesus Sin enthroned upon my heart With everything you are Come live your life in me Reign supremely I'm not just giving you my sin But everything within Come take control And make me holy Son of God, you are the Risen one, you came to overtake the grave By the power of your name You have raised me up with your conquering love And I will never be the same Forever I am changed Jesus Sitting thrown upon my heart with everything you are, come live your life in me, reign supremely. Not just giving you my sin, but everything within. Come take control and make me holy. you are my King, enthroned to be my everything, my everything. You are my King, enthroned to be my everything, my everything. You are my King, enthroned to be my everything, my everything. You are my King, enthroned to be my everything. my heart with everything you are come live your life in me reign supremely I'm not just giving you my sin but everything within come take control and make me holy Sitting enthroned upon my heart With everything you are, come live your life in me, reign supremely, I'm not just giving you my sin, but everything within, come take control and make me holy. not just giving you my sin but everything within come take control and make me holy Let no one call in sin remain inside the lie of inward shame. We fix our eyes upon the cross and run to Him who showed great love and bless for bow to none but heaven's will no scheme of hell no scoffers crown no burden great can hold you down and strain you reign forever let your church proclaim. sting. know, oh, hell, where is your victory? And oh, church, come stand in the light. The glory of God has defeated the night. We're singing, oh, death, where is your sting? And oh, Come stand in the light Our God is not dead He's alive, He's alive Christ is risen from the dead trampling over death by death Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave Christ is risen from the dead We are one with Him again Come awake, come awake
2: Glory. Amen. Amen. If you believe that this morning, say hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. You can grab your seats this morning. After that song, I hope I still have a voice. I don't know if y'all were singing because I can hear anybody over myself. But praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke 18. In fact, if you still have it marked from last week, we're on the exact same page. At least in my Bible, it's the exact same page. Passage of Scripture right prior to where we were last week. This morning, with the Lord's laid on my heart, we had a great service earlier today, and I still, again, thank all the, 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 the dramatic readers we had and everything. Praise the Lord for that. A little bit of a different message got laid on my heart now. The ability to make intelligent and, and correct decisions, I believe, is one of the, the great secrets of successful Christian living. We kind of talked about this in Sunday school a while ago, about how to make those kinds of decisions, where our minds should be focused. Even if you aren't a sports fan, I don't know why I've had football going through my head here lately. I know Thursday night when I preached, I, I used a football analogy. But I want to do the same thing again, this a little differently. Even if you're not a sports fan, I think you'll understand what I'm about to say, this, this little illustration. But let's say there was a college team one time. This college football coach is watching the game. They're, his team is doing well, but they're down just a little bit. But they got a little bit of time, and they're looking at what to do. And it's at this moment in time the quarterback gets injured. Now, he, he, he is down. Well, the number two quarterback, the second-string quarterback, he's sick. In fact, he didn't even suit up. He, he, he was so sick he didn't even even dress out. Well, the third-string was a freshman who was a quarterback in high school. However, the only thing he's ever done here on this college team, being a freshman, was punt. He was a punter. So the, the, you know, he's kind of, the, the coach is looking around, and, and, and he, he looks out on the field, and to make matters worse, they're sitting on their own three-yard line. They, they really need something to happen here, and he's thinking about it a little bit, and he needs to get out from that three-yard three line. So his, his thought is, as he looks down the bench and he sees that third steering quarterback, is, is I have to use him. I, I need to get him out from the line just a little bit and let him do what he does, which is punt. So he, he calls him over. He says, son, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in there, and all you have to do is get the ball and hand it to the big fullback, Kowalski, there. Just give him the ball and let him just run up right up the middle of the line. Just, just tell him just to run right out there, right up the middle. You do that. And then when you reset up, I want you to do the same thing again. I want you to just take the ball, give it to Kowalski, and tell him to just run right up the middle. And then that should buy you enough room to where you can drop back and punt that ball, get it out of our end zone. So this young freshman quarterback, he's thinking, okay, I've got this down. And he runs out there, and he, and he calls the play. He gets the ball, he hands it off to Kowalski, and, and, and miracle of miracles, Kowalski finds a hole right there beside the guard, takes off, Fifty yards, the boy makes it. You know, runs that ball. Well, they they all run up to the line, and the, that set that third-string quarterback gets up there, calls the same play again, and he gives the ball. He hits the ball. He hands it to Kowski. Boom! He runs out there, finds another hole, and all of a sudden, in two plays, they've made 95 yards. They, they are sitting there on the two-yard line of the opponent. So everybody's going wild, and everything's excited, and everything's great. The quarterback, he goes up there, he gets the ball, he drops back, and he punts it right into the end zone. Now, for you that don't know what's going on here, the team is thinking, what have you done? You just got rid of the ball. We were on the, the, our opponent's two-yard line, and everybody's amazed, and he runs off the field, and, and the coach grabs him and says, son, what in the world was you thinking? And he said, I was thinking, what a dumb coach I have. He did what he was told to do. Now, that story may sound a little bit ridiculous, but the truth of the matter is college and professional coaches oftentimes, most times actually, do not expect their quarterbacks to make the decisions anymore. They send all the plays in. They call all these plays. Now, obviously, we are not here to talk about football this morning. But I was thinking about that, and as I was thinking about it, there's a, an important here, point here that we should understand about our relationship with God. God has paid us the ultimate compliment by allowing us to make our own decisions. He isn't calling all those plays. He has given us this capability. He has allowed us to call our own plays, if you will. When he created us in his own image, he endowed us with these, these characteristics with, which are the, with the ability to understand the ability to reason the ability to choose he has given us these ideas and ways and given us his words as a guide and he says now go ye therefore he isn't calling every play he's telling us go out there and do the best you can and here's the rule book here's the playbook here's the guidebook now with that in mind in Luke chapter 18 in Luke chapter 18 starting in verse 31 I want us to think about that just a little bit. God has given us the capability to make our own decisions. God has given us the capability to make our own choices. God has given us the ability to to think and reason and go beyond. Well, listen to what he says here in verse 31. Then he took the 12 aside and he told them, Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem. Everything that is written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be handed over to the Gentiles. He will be mocked. He will be insulted. He will be spit on. And after they flog him, they will kill him. However, he will rise on the third day. Hallelujah. Now stop for just a moment and think about what we just read. Think about what what that that passage of scripture right there. Do you understand those words? Now, I would expect you to say, yes, I, I understand them. After all, they're They're pretty simple words here. There is no hard going on here when you think mock, insult, spit, flog, kill, and rise again. We understand those words. We understand what was being said here. However, as Paul said, Paul said, we preach unto you Christ crucified unto the Jews. That is a stumbling block. But he goes on to say unto the Greeks, it is foolishness. But to those who have been saved, it gives the power of wisdom and knowledge. The power of the wisdom of God. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. God, Paul was telling us that to the Jews, they didn't understand. To the Greeks, it is foolishness. But to those who have been saved, to those who understand who Christ is, It is the power of wisdom, is the wisdom of God. We can see that that old rugged cross, that that Lord we've been singing about this morning, is at the the, the heart of the message here, that Jesus is the heart of the message. That's why Jesus took the apostles to the side. He says, I have something to say to you. Uh, They're going to turn me over to the Gentiles in a few days. They're going to mock me. They're going to insult me. They're going to spit upon me. They're going to flog me. And then after all that, it doesn't stop there. They're going to kill me. However, on that third day, I'm going to rise again. What could be clearer than that? Jesus pulled them to the side and gave them a very straightforward, clear observation, a clear prophecy of what's about to transpire. And he didn't just say it once, it was over and over again. Matthew chapter 16 says it, Matthew chapter 17 says it, Matthew chapter 20 says it. He told them repetitively, this is about what's going to happen. And the message was just as clear every time. Now look at verse 34. They understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Now, isn't that an interesting verse of Scripture? We just talked about how simple that passage was. We saw how simple the words were. And so the thought that goes through our mind is, why didn't they understand? In amazement, I think, we kind of wonder, what's the matter with them? Were they hard of hearing? Was there something going on in their head? Why didn't they get the message? Why couldn't they understand? Why didn't they hear What Jesus was telling them here, why did they have such a hard time grasping this? Now, I think there's several answers this morning, but one of which I want to point out is something that I think we deal with sometimes. We, I think, realize when we look back over our life, when we get later on in life, if you will, when we look back, aren't we somewhat amazed at what took us so long to learn? In there times in our life we look back and think, geez, what in the world was I thinking? I think we reach a stage in our life where when we look back and see all the, the dumb things we have done, we wish that somehow we have known then what we know now. Am I the only one that thinks that way sometimes? No, I don't think so. I think we all have those moments. We look back and say, "What? why was I so thick-headed? I, I, my parents probably wondered, why didn't I learn from their mistakes? And I can guarantee you that I've looked at my kids, a couple of them specifically, and think, gosh, I told you about all these things. Why didn't you learn from me? Why do you have to put yourself through these same things? And I can almost guarantee and prophesy that one day they're going to look at their kids and they're going to say, why didn't you learn from my mistakes? We continually are are repeating those same mistakes. Now, I I want to share with you a passage, a story, if you will, by Bill Cosby. He wrote a book on fatherhood, and I know there's a lot of stuff in the, in the news about Cosby right now, but that doesn't change the fact that he wrote a book, and there's some great stuff here. But Bill Cosby wrote this book, and he 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 says, he suggests that the first parents were not actually Adam and Eve, that the first parent was God, and that Adam and Eve were the first children. And he put presents that, and he says, so God put Adam and Eve into the garden, and he has that, that same parental conversation that all parents have with their kids. He put them there and says, now, you have the run of the garden. You have all this stuff. This is all yours. You can do this. You can do that. You can have fun. You can do, do this, that, and the other. You can do anything you want to do. However, there's this forbidden fruit, and I don't want you to uh, to, to eat that. I don't want you to go over there and and, and eat on that one there. And just like kids today, Adam and Eve immediately, quickly holds up their hands and say, Oh, oh, Dad, Dad, where's the forbidden fruit at? Now, Bill Cosby says here that by this time, God may have been wishing that he had stopped creating at the elephants. But he went on. But they look at him and say, Dad, Dad, where, where's the forbidden fruit at? And God says, Well, it's that tree right over there. It's that one right, yeah, you can see it right right through there. That, that's the tree. And Adam and Eve acted just like kids and every generation have acted. The first thing they, well, maybe not the first thing, but it wasn't very long till what are they doing? They're running over there and they're eating of the tree that God said, do not eat of. And then God comes back and says, why'd you do that? And they said the same thing that kids say today. I don't know. I don't know. That woman you gave me. Start pointing fingers and all this. this and God's like... <sighs> and Cosby makes this profound, amazing suggestion. God looks at the, the, the Adam and Eve there and he says, you can't live in the garden anymore. And pronounced a, a curse upon them. And it's then that God told them to, to be fruitful and multiply. Go and be fruitful and multiply. And Cosby suggests... They didn't realize it just then, but it was the kids that was actually the curse there. He said, go and be fruitful and multiply. I'll show you what it's like to have kids that keep eating of the forbidden fruit. (laughs) I'll let you see what it's like to have kids that you tell them what to do and they don't do it. As cute as that is, I can't help but think that the apostles were just like those kids in a way. He's telling them. Jesus told them what was going to happen, and it didn't sink in. Maybe part of the reason was because was they just were not ready to learn. They still hadn't grasped the fact that God knew best. There's another answer too in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, none of the rulers of this age. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they may not have just fully understood why they were doing it. But God says here in 1 Corinthians, he said it too so that none of the rulers of this world would know because if they had, they would not have crucified Jesus. Maybe they didn't quite understand it because they wasn't ready to understand. Or two, God had an ulterior plan going on. He was telling them what's going to transpire. But I can't give you understanding because if I did, Caiaphas, the high priest, may not go through with this. The the governor Pilate. If he knows who you really are, he may not go through with this. Members of the Sanhedrin, members of the the Roman soldiers, if they truly understood who Jesus was, they wouldn't follow through. They wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory. If they truly knew that if they crucify this man, that he's going to rise again in three days, they're not going to follow through. When Paul refers to the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross, he calls it a mystery. Why is he called a mystery? The word there actually means the kind of mystery that one army, in the Greek word, one army would have from another army. In other words, a military ploy. They had to keep it so secret, so tight that no one could hear it. Oftentimes, military strategy depends upon that kind of secrecy, that nobody knows what's going on, even the top brass, until the moment they need to know. Think about this for just a minute. Why didn't the disciples understand? It may have been because they were just like kids and just didn't get it. They wasn't old enough yet. Or it may have been the fact that if Jesus had told them with understanding, if they fully had comprehended it, Satan could have got wind of it. And if Satan had found out what was really happening, if Satan truly knew the the plan and how it was going to work, then he would have stopped it. But so God made it secret. God kept it right there. On Calvary's hill, When 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 they were driving the nails into Jesus' hands on Calvary's Hill, when they were crucifying our Lord, when they were doing all the things to him, when he was writhing in pain, when his blood was pouring down to the ground, while Jesus was dying on that cross, I can guarantee you that Satan was dancing around and he was saying, I have won. I have beaten the righteous. I have I have victory. Evil is triumphant. Righteousness has been defeated. Satan didn't know the plan of God. So when he saw Christ hanging on that cross about to die, Satan is saying, I have victory. It wasn't until three days later when Jesus rose from the tomb, praise God, that Satan realized, I made a mistake. I messed up. I played right into the plan of God. I I did exactly what God expected me to do. I crucified the Lord of glory. And now, because of what I have done, Sinners can be redeemed. Sinners can be saved. The righteous can be made whole and have eternal life. And it's all because I played into God's hand. Folks, if if Satan had known what God's plan was ahead of time, he wouldn't have carried it out. But he didn't know, and he carried it out. And three days later, he arose just like he said he would. Hallelujah. Jesus told the apostles ahead of time. They heard it with their ears, but it went right over their head. They didn't understand. They couldn't comprehend, it says here. It was a mystery, Paul says. Now, what about us today? Do we understand? Do we understand what that mystery is? Do we understand what, what Jesus was saying? 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross... As I said a while ago, for the message of the cross is foolishness foolishness to those who are perishing. Get that foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are saved, it is the power of God. It's foolishness to those that don't know Christ. But to those who are saved, it is the power of God. Do you remember the two that were on the road to Emmaus? They were walking along there, and when they finally opened their eyes, they realized they had been talking with their Lord. They'd been talking with Jesus, and, they, and, and he was really alive. He had conquered death just as he said he would, just as they had, had, had said he would do. And they proclaimed with their lives. It says, were not our hearts burning within us? They knew. They realized that he really was, that that, that, they, that he truly was the Lord and did exactly what he said he would do. I think that's what happened to his disciples. After the resurrection, their eyes were opened. As we heard in our morning service this morning through our, our dramatic readers, after, the, after the, the resurrection, once the stone was rolled away, Mary realized, wow, it is real. Paul, uh, Peter realized that his God was truly alive. Even Thomas, eight days later, Jesus come in and said, put your hands in the wounds, in my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. And Thomas said, I believe. Folks, it, once the resurrection happened, it all started making sense to them. They realized what he'd been telling them back here. All the pieces of the puzzle started to come together. The words of Jesus made sense to them then. The words of Jesus Come all back, and now all of a sudden, everything that Jesus has been saying back there in, in Luke, back there in Matthew, all these times, it's all come together, and for the first time, they begin to understand the teaching that had gone over their heads earlier. He said he was going to die, but three days later, that body wasn't dead anymore. Three days later, that body, went, they went to look, and there was a folded shroud there and burial clothes on the ground. The body of Christ was no longer in the tomb. Hallelujah. That should be the same way with us. It should be the same way with us, with with our lives. If you think about it, there was a time in our lives, the the cross business, the dying business, the the shed blood business, all that business seemed like foolishness. It was gory. We really didn't want to hear about that kind of stuff, That, that Christian story thing. Why would I want to care about all that stuff? But when the Holy Spirit locks onto our heart, when the Holy Spirit moves into our lives, when the Holy Spirit starts giving us understanding, it's no longer foolishness. When that message becomes a personal message, when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, when we bow our knees in humility and say that I, am, I can't, cannot do this on I am a sinner, when we become his disciples, that passage of Scripture all of a sudden makes sense. In fact, it doesn't even just make sense. It becomes wisdom to the power of an almighty God. What once was foolishness becomes wisdom, guys. If you're here this morning and the gospel message still sounds foolish to you, then I would say, open your heart to the Lord and ask Christ to move in. Because once Christ moves within that heart, it all clicks. It all comes together. Now I understand what used to be weakness is now power and strength. Suddenly it all comes together. I, I, I comprehend. Here is the power to, to change the way I think. Here is the power to change the way I act. This is the power to change my life. And it's through Jesus Christ. You see, what he told those disciples right there, what he carried out that resurrection weekend, that resurrection morning, what he proved to death, hell, and the grave, what he proved to Satan, what he proved to his disciples, and what he should and hopefully proves to you today, that here was the power to overcome our sins. Here was the power to defeat our alcoholism. Here is the power to defeat the drug addictions. Here is the power to heal marriages. Here is the power to heal depression. Here is the power to heal who and whatever it is that Satan is afflicting you with. Through the resurrection, that three days later, through through that power, broken families can come together. There is aid to to heal the broken heart, to bring families back together, to fill the, the chasms of loneliness that have been made by the world. All that is done and finished through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we will understand that now, The disciples didn't comprehend it before. Maybe they were too young. They didn't understand it before because maybe there was a plan that Satan couldn't know. But let me tell you this morning, folks, Satan already now not only knows the plan, he knows how he worked his way into it. Not only were the disciples maybe young then, the word of God is old enough now that if you will open your heart, you have no excuse. The disciples had an excuse. It says the mystery was hidden from them. I'm going to tell you this morning that Jesus says specifically and clearly that if you believe that I am the Son of God and that I was resurrected after death three days later and profess that with your mouth, so shall you be saved. It is no longer a mystery. How and why he did it, that may be, but what he has done is not a mystery. You cannot stand before the Lord and tell him that you don't know what you were supposed to do. We are here celebrating the power of God on resurrection morning. And that power of God not only can save the sinner, the the sinner that's here that does not know Christ should be rejoicing that that gift is being offered to you today. But everyone who has already accepted the power of God, we can still rejoice because now I have been indwelled with the power to be able to conquer whatever it is that Satan throws at me. Not by me, but by Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. That's what we celebrate on Resurrection morning, guys. It's not about bunnies like Chris said. It's not about the Easter eggs and all the... the, the, And as he said, I can tell you, explain all the pagan rites, where it came from, why we adopted that day or commandeered that day to be celebrated as Resurrection Day. But really, in all truth and fairness, it doesn't matter what all that is. We're celebrating victory through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what it should be about, our Lord. Praise God, this is a family day. But even more than our biological family, we should be praising God for that spiritual family, for the blood of Christ that has made us clean. In other words, you know what we celebrate on resurrection morning? God has given us the power to transform us, to make us new, to give us victory. What I can celebrate is I don't have to walk around looking at the ground with my tail between my legs anymore. I don't have to walk around looking like I've been defeated by Satan. I don't have to walk around. And like Daddy said a while ago, the world's real good out tra- trying to drag up our past to pull us down. But you know what the great thing is? I I go through a car wash, you get that Rain-X. It's supposed to make the water roll right off. Well, this physical body's been washed with spiritual Rain-X. That world can throw whatever it wants to on there. And through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, it can roll right off my back. And I can walk every day knowing because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have victory. But your daddy says this, my mama told me that. This person told me I'm lower than this. This person says I am useless. This person says this and this person says that. My God says he loves you enough to die for you. And he did so and rose again so that you can hold your head high and smile back and say, Jesus loves you. Oh, you you may think that, but let me tell you what I think. Jesus loves you too. God loves you, and God will wash and cleanse you as well. There is nothing that makes Satan more angry is when you turn back his people with the Word of God. What we are celebrating on resurrection morning is that you can be free of the burdens that are pulling you down. He can speak and they be gone. Now, it may not happen that way. He may expect you to put some effort. And it may be a daily effort for a day, two days, a week, a year. Maybe the rest of your life you're going to have to put that daily effort. Paul prayed continuously, Lord, if you would remove this thorn from my side. But yet God said, no, no, no. Just humble yourself. Because that thorn that I've placed there, my grace is sufficient. I don't need you getting high and mighty there, Paul. You're a pretty bright guy. I want you to start trying to commandeer my place. I've been through that and had to deal with Satan. Folks, let me tell you this morning. What we celebrate at Easter isn't a bunny. It isn't ham at lunchtime. It isn't that we get to get up early and have sunrise services. Praise God for all the fun stuff. But greater than all that little fun stuff, I have freedom. Freedom. And I don't mean freedom that my government can give me. Praise God for that kind of freedom. I have freedom spiritually that only the resurrection of Jesus Christ could buy me. And it was given to me freely. All I had to do is believe and put my faith in him. God beat Satan. I don't have to walk around my tail between my legs looking down. God beat him. Jesus conquered him on Calvary. When he looked up and he said, I commit my life into your hands, that physical life paid the debt for me. And then when he arose again three days later, it showed that the strategy that he'd been presenting to the disciples there came off without a hitch, just like God said it would be. The victory was won. If we will understand that. The apostles did not, prior to the resurrection, understand. But there were some excuses they could have had. We'd have none. If you will understand that Jesus Christ became the propitiation for our sin. In other words, he took our place. For the wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And for the remission of sin, there must be the shedding of blood. All these are passages of Scripture. But Jesus said, I came so that these things may be fulfilled. If you will believe in me with your heart, profess with your mouth that I am the Son of God and that I was resurrected from the dead, so shall you be saved. Not so shall the mystery be spoken to you, but so shall you be saved. The apostles had an excuse for not understanding. You and I do not. It is your decision today. Praise God for for Resurrection Day. I got 50 years in my head of saying Easter. It's hard not to say that. but, But praise God for Resurrection Day. This is His Resurrection Day. But praise God even more that He shared the day with you and I. If you're here this morning you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I ask you to stop and ask yourself why. Go through the consequences of not choosing life, not choosing Christ. Roll that around in your mind just a little bit. You're given that opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can do so, or you can turn and walk away from that decision. And the great thing is, I will still have my salvation. The sad thing is, I won't see you in glory if you do. It is your choice. We each one must make it independently. But once you truly make that choice, then we can truly celebrate Resurrection Day. Have you been given that new life today? You should have understanding. The disciples, they didn't have any more. But in Matthew 28, it says, Go ye therefore and make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In other words, in Acts 1.8, it says, The Holy Spirit came down upon them and they were empowered to become witnesses of the power of God. That tells me we have no excuse. For those who have been empowered by the Spirit of God is willing to make disciples and baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. If you choose not, it was your choice, not the disciples. You can point your fingers all day long. That woman you gave me doesn't change the fact you took the bite. Where are you at this morning? Where are you at this morning? I want to ask us all to stand for a moment. I want to lead you to a word of prayer. Chris will come up and play. If God's telling you to come to this altar to pray, pray. If you're wanting to just say hallelujah, say hallelujah. It's okay, guys, to, to, to understand that through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, you have been given victory. You are not going to hurt my feelings if so you say amen sometimes. I promise. And if you happen to be in the middle of lubies and just cry out hallelujah and everybody looks at you, smile real big, and say, thank you, Jesus. Does anybody go to lubies? Is there even a lubies around here? I don't know. Okay, Ronnie goes to lubies. Folks, this morning, wherever it is that God's calling you out to today, put a smile on. Praise God that Chris, that comment, chucks, complimented Danny for always walking with a smile on his face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've all been through hard times. But if we will remember the victory in Christ, we should be able to put on a smile. We've been used by others at times. Satan's taken the world and really crushed some of us. But if you know Jesus, you've climbed out of the mess. You can walk on the much and look up and smile and say, I have, pre- I have eternity. I'll pray with you if you need me to. You can pray where you're at. You can come to this altar and pray. You may want to lift up holy hands and say hallelujah, or you may want to get on your knees and say thank you, Jesus, because I am a sinner, whatever it is. Do what the Lord lays on your heart this morning. Father God, I just come before you today and praise your name and ask in the name of Jesus that you'll touch the hearts of everyone here, young and old alike. May we truly understand that this day that we have set aside to celebrate your resurrection isn't just so we can eat and have fun. It's to celebrate joy and victory that comes through the resurrection grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for who you are. And God, may thy will be done in the hearts of your people this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's moving in your heart, let it out. Sing if you want, but be what God's called you to be today.